Newcastle come streaming forward now in surely what will be their last attack. A good ball by Dixon, finding Smith. But Thomas charging through the midfield. Thomas, it's up for grabs now. Thomas, right at the end. Hello, you're listening to the Steve Ball Collective on Arsenal Podcast. Uh, Hello to all our uh, one and a half listener, as Chris and I discussed previously. And funny enough, I do actually happen to have that man back with me. And it's a very good evening to uh, Mr. Funky Chris. How are you, sir? You're right. Good evening, Stephen. Uh, Lovely to talk to you, sir. How are you doing on this wet and miserable day? day? Yeah, it's all right. I'm uh, I'm multitasking at the moment. I'm doing some work. I'm watching the Man United match, and obviously I'm uh, talking to you. Uh, oh, blimey. So you have a bit of a female side then? Yeah. <laughs> I should actually turn the Man United match off because I have no interest in it whatsoever. Well, you can always keep it updated just so we can, we can laugh if, if they go behind, to be honest. And I'm, I'm also very, uh, very honoured to have uh, with me this evening um, a, gentle, a gentleman who um, we have talked before. We finally persuaded him to come on to the podcast, but a very good evening to um to warwick <laughs> good evening warwick how are you mate good evening i'm very good thank you excellent it's uh it's and hello to the millions of listeners around the world <laughs> all one and a half of them <laughs> although I, I was quite honored apparently uh some bloke uh some bloke has put us forward for some kind of podcast award although i'm Really not that interested in getting a certificate to say that we've achieved something, but there we go. I'd rather have just the uh, people listening. You know what they say, as long as you can reach one person in the world. Exactly. It makes all the difference. Anyway, um, so here we are then, gents, after a, um, I would say, uh, a a bit of an extraordinary weekend with the um, King of Assists uh, seems to have sorted out um, some of the excitement at Arsenal. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go away, but I will be going up to Stoke this Sunday. But uh, how did you guys feel about the game this weekend then against uh, Sunderland? Who wants to go first? Well, it, who's got the guts to go first? I'll go, first. go on then. Um, yeah, um, yeah. You know, the, the first thing to say is, is that I mean, I was. I mean, I think if um, it wasn't for the. Uh, the um, you know the fact that Kazola wasn't playing, I don't think Ozil would have played because you know obviously you had the international break, he's had very few um, training sessions, and obviously he was ill the day before. So I was quite amazed actually at just how influential he instantly was in that that first half where he obviously tied second half. Um, but then again, you know that's what you pay the money for, isn't it? Well, someone to, to not spend two years sort of gently easing himself into a new country and league. Um, he was pure class from, from, from the word go. Um, so, you know, that was good. Um, and then sort of in, in the rest, rest of the um, pitch, it well, was a good result. You know, I think, you know, Sunderland obviously need, you know, they need to kind of sort out their start to the season. Um, so it was always going to be quite tough. I'm never quite as confident if Mertesacker isn't, isn't playing because, you know, I think anyone that follows me on Twitter will know that I think Koscielny's 28 going on 18 as a centre-back, still very reckless, still makes bad decisions. Yeah. Um, and um, at 28, I think that's pretty poor, actually. Um, so, you know, all in all, I think yeah, the fuss about the goal, the disallowed um, out-of-door goal, I thought was I thought was a bit of an exaggerated fuss, really. It was a classic sort of ref blows 
striker carries on putting the ball in the net, doesn't he? Well, it's it, uh, you play to the whistle, don't you? That's what the whole game's about. It was done, and, and I think it is true that that, that uh, the, the defence and that didn't, you know, just kind of like uh, pulled up. I mean, I thought it was a bit of a fuss over nothing, really. Yeah. Um, I think out of doors just surprised he put the fucking ball in the net. <laughs> we better start celebrating, to be honest. Uh, so. Uh, I was happy. I was happy. You know, it was. You know, I thought you get the points, three one. Uh, so yeah, I didn't have. A, you know, I was sort of happy with the way the game went in the end. Well, top of the league until last night, but there we go. What about you, Chris? How do you feel about it? Uh, I was on. I was on watch. Uh, I watched it on stream, normally. Um, but um, obviously, a brilliant first half from him. It's a different story in the second half. It wasn't quite as effective, but. Like uh, Warwick just said, I don't think he was he was well. But um, you know, beforehand I watched him in the two German internationals. Yeah. And um, the brilliant thing about him is that he just doesn't give the ball away. I think in the first one, uh, in the first, I think Germany, I can't remember who they were playing. He, he had like a ninety nine percent pass ratio. Uh, he didn't give the ball away like at all. Um, and I think in the first half he only gave the ball away once, and it was that uh, you know he's got that patented flick. Um, back heel thing, um, which he done, which sort of I think I think went straight to the opposition, unfortunately. But um, yeah, um, the goal that the goal assist was quite brilliant. It was it was a long ball from um, from Gibbs down that left wing, and the way he sort of took it down as an add one look, didn't take it down, have a look, have a think, go to the byline, and then cross it to no one, which we've seen on that left side many times. Yeah, um, he, he took it down and he passed it straight into the path of, of, of Giroud. You know, pretty much just had to slot it, slot it in. So, I mean, he must be a happy man at the moment. You know, the service that he's going to get um, from, you know, if when Santi comes back, just, you know, there was that triangle that we were seeing. Everyone was talking about, you know, between Jack Wilshire um, and Ramsey got involved in it, uh, Ozil, um, you know, and, and Giroud. You know, that triangle there, I think, is going to be big problems for a lot of uh, the oppositions that come up against us. Well, I must admit, uh, when I uh... I'll, unfortunately, I was doing the same thing, very naughty, watching it on the stream with um, uh, Mr. Arsenal Winston. And the one thing that uh, uh, amazed me is when he took the ball down, it was almost like there was a magnet in his boot. So it was, it was great to, to actually see a, a piece of play which really used to sum up the Arsenal quite a bit. However, people are still giving us um, issues about Ramsey. Now, I have to... Uh, admit of being a Ramsey fan and have been even when he was not playing well um, but I thought he played exceptionally on uh, on Saturday how do you boys feel about that Chris uh, you know what <laughs> I think I want I want to see what Warwick has to say about this actually because he, he's not a massive fan of, of Ramsey but I think um, he was playing Gash like when he was getting the doubters I will you know I will hold my hands up to that you know he was playing Gash but but um, Arsenal were playing rubbish as well. So I think, you know, the fact that he was sort of being chucked out all around and everything. But it's not it's not about being right or wrong, really, because I know there's a lot of people out there, you know, I've had my say about it. And, you know, I, I've, I've doubted Jenkinson, and I still do. I still do. You know, and Mertesacker, I still think there's some complacency in them. But um, I, I don't see why, you know, people, sh you know, uh, are criticised for criticising Arsenal football club um, players because... You know, they're there. If they have a bad game, I think they should be told about it. But, you know, like I say, I think it would be interesting to see what, what Warwick has to say. Go on then, Warwick. That gives you a good introduction to come in on that one. <laughs> well, 
My issue with Ramsey, very, very simple. Um, diabolical for, for two years. Has had very few decent games for Arsenal. Um, had a really good pre-season and has started the season very, very well. You know, so he's had, you know, so he's had, you know, three, you know, three good games, three, four good games, um, very good games, I would say. Not so great against Tottenham, I didn't think, but other than that, um, good games. Um, but he was still rubbish for two years. My view is, I hope he continues. You know, and I hope he has a blind in the season because um, he owes us more than sort of three or four good games at the start of the season when he's fresh in that. Um, but I tell you, and you're right about this, Chris, when you see people saying, oh, where are the Rams haters? Listen, I'm not a hater. I just don't like players who are for a very long period rubbish for my football team. That's not a hater. That's not being an idiot. If you play badly for a long period of time, I'm not going to like you if you play that way for Arsenal. You know? If you then play very well for a long period of game, I'm going to like you. It's as simple as that for me. I hope he continues playing the way he is and has a brilliant season. Do you think it's the fact that he's actually now playing in a position which suits him, where he hasn't been playing in a position previously that suits him? Does anyone know what is the position that suits him? Because when... Um, he was playing rubbish. He got then pulled further down the pitch, and I'm going back a bit now. He yeah. got pulled further down the pitch, and people said, "Oh, that's where he should be playing." Like, oh, well, he should be here. Nobody doesn't think that. Oh, well, he should be there. So, at various stages over the last couple of years, he was advised he should be in one thing, and it was like, "Well, isn't the story is that he's just not playing well anywhere?" Different is he's obviously found some confidence, and he's had some success you know yeah. and I think it helps him a lot because it doesn't matter who you are as a midfielder I think what helps a lot is is if you score goals as a midfielder as well because I think that you kind of make I think that there's an awful lot for your self-confidence if you're a midfielder and you start scoring goals yeah um, and I think that that makes a lot of difference as well there was a massive amount of confidence involved in it but um, you know I think that that's kind of been a big part of it for Ramsey um, this idea that you play rubbish for 10 years and then, you, then you've had a really good 3-4 games so um, suddenly uh, the guy is you know Zidane or the guy didn't deserve listen you played crap for 2 years you deserve stick I don't care who you are I made the point the other day about Javino Javino got a terrible stick and rightly so but he's safe if you kept on this this year he might have been playing blinding for Arsenal. I can't see it. Might have done, though. Uh, well, to be quite honest, I mean, Jovino playing blind for Arsenal, now, I, I have to agree with you. I don't think I could ever see him actually actually playing blinding for Arsenal, ever. I, I don't know why. I just don't think he was that kind of player that fit that uh, fitted is, in. I, I was 100% against Fingers side Jovino because I scored a lot in the French League and I could just tell he wasn't going to have it in English football. You could just see it. And I thought it was a terrible signing and it turned out that way. But the point I'm making is that he's been given a lot of preferential treatment from Ramsey and a lot of chances, and he deserves to pay the club back for that. Yeah, I agree on that. And I don't think it's a case of um, some of the things you read, because a lot of the people that said, oh, I stuck by him, let me tell you something, you didn't stick by him because you were some great footballer in Oracle, you stuck by him because you were a fanboy. 
So um, my my support my support of Ramsey. Uh, does that mean I'm a, I'm a fanboy? Yeah. Can't. <laughs> Listen, no. I just don't know how. But I mean, the kind of people you know the ones I mean, the ones that are around that sort of Ramsey Ains group, you know, and it's because they felt an affiliation with him, blah blah blah, a bit like Jenkinson, but. Um, I just don't see how it wasn't so obvious that he was completely wrong for our setup for that amount of time. Well, yeah, I can, I can sort of see where you're coming from, Warwick, but I must admit, um, I was always of the opinion um, that he was always being played in the wrong position. But I may be wrong on that. I can't think of anybody can say, what about that guy? I can't think of how you could. So, you know, that's my view. Oh, well, we, we, we can agree to disagree. That's, that's, that's per- perfectly, perfectly fine with me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope he does quite. I hope he has good. You know, I hope he has great. Listen, if he carries on how he is for the whole season, then um, that's going to be a massive bonus for Arsenal Football Club, and that's all that matters. Well, yeah, that's very yeah. true. And if he has a great season, then uh, I'll I'll be hands up and say, yeah, you know, I was I was totally wrong. He was he was an Arsenal player. So my feet. So, so can I can so I batter you then at the end of the season? Absolutely. You know. <laughs> I'm always anyone that knows me knows that I'm happy to do it. It's like it's like even recently people are like just saying, uh, you know, you've like so I said, oh, you're you're not going on about the ambition anymore and, and club not saying ambition. So I can't bleat on about a club not saying ambition when they've just paid for one of the best players in the world over forty million. I'd be a mug if I was sort of saying that that didn't suggest ambition. So I'm not going to say that. Oh, so so I can just put that down as a Warwick said I might be a mug. Yeah. <laughs> no, I no, I said I would be a mug if I was still saying spend some money. Oh, so damn! I've written it out now. <laughs> I know some people that are still doing that. Just think, oh come on, you know. Oh no, it's childish, isn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Chris. Yes. Overall of the game, then, were you happy? Uh, what, uh Sunderland. Yeah, Sunderland. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I was. Um, when it was one-one, um, I was not too happy. But I don't know. You know, actually, I just want to want to just sort of highlight. And I know everyone, like like Warrior said, there's fanboys about Ramsey and there's there's fanboys about about Koscielny and, and and this that and the other. But um, I've got a problem with our defence. I think I, I just everyone was saying how brilliant the um, the partnership was between Koscielny and Mertesacker and stuff like that, but. Every time Saka's on the ball, I, I, I worry that he's going to... Well, you should I shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, well, no, I, I do. I do. I, I, I he's not the quickest, yeah, is he? Yeah, just like Tony Adams did. Well, actually, I thought Tony Adams was quicker than um, Motorsaka. And if I put the two together, no, I would no. say Adams was quicker. No. Oh, God, yeah. I no, beg to, I beg to no. differ on that, definitely. No, also, you look at... Um, 
Uh, it, the pace is a lot less important because Shelney, the fans that Shelney does have, who are often quite like, you know, excessive, um, is because he's quick, Shelney. But he has he has no other part of his game that is really important to centre back other than that pace. You well, know. No, I, I, I totally agree that um, I have problems with um, Kishiani. A one is I think he's uh, he's erratic in temperament. Just to just to sort of put in that, just to, for the sake of it, even though I don't like Kishiani, there's no doubt in my mind that the second Kishiani partnership works as a partnership very well. Oh yeah, yeah. Now you take if Mertesacker isn't holding Kishiani's hand, it's a nightmare. And Vermaelen also became the same last season. When you had that bad try, you just kind of, I don't know what happened with, I don't know what's happened with Thomas from Ireland, but he was just, you couldn't get away from me. He was just absolutely appalling. Um, maybe he'll come back better, but I don't know where he fits into the team then, but we'll see. But um, I don't, so consequently, I actually don't have an issue really with the defence. Actually, weirdly enough. Really? I think this is okay. I think it's all right. I mean, I think also, I mean, you've got to pay attention to, how many goals are they letting in? And the truth is, over an extended period now, not a lot. Yeah, I agree with not that. So, you, and you can't be, you've got to look at that and say that tells you something. Um, also, and this is a point that Chris has made before, which I agree with. You're also talking about a defence that has had to play a long time with two things which isn't easy. One of them without a natural um, shielding defensive midfielder which everyone plays with, apart from Arsenal for a long time, although they've just started playing it again now with Flamini. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other thing, which is a very difficult thing for defence to play with, is a very young, jittery, uh, fairly reckless as well goalkeeper. <laughs> and that boy, have we got one of those. Yeah. So that is not easy. So I think, um, actually, defence isn't sort of bothering. But I look at the team at the moment, right now, I look at it and go, you know, I think we've got coverage in defence and not too fast, especially if we're playing Flamini. My concern is just if you get an injury to Giroud, there just literally isn't a striker. So you don't think if, they say, for instance, we get uh, an injury to, um, uh, say, say the BFG gets injured and then uh, Cos gets injured again, then we're, we're stuck with Vermeulen and Sagno who've never really worked together properly, which I can't see working. Well... I'd be worried full stop if Mersaka got injured for a long period because I don't think our defence plays very well without him in it. So that would bother me. Um, if Cos got injured, like I say, I mean, I'm not a fan of Cos. He's at 28 for me. He's a brainless footballer. But um, and I know a lot of people disagree with that. But I'm sorry. Just just look at the OGs and penalties for just for kickoff since he's been at the club. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously you can always say, yeah, but if we get an injury, but, you know, you have to sort of build a squad sort of. Mertesacker, you've got Koscielny, you've got Vermaelen, you've got Senna, who I do think plays very well at centre-back. Uh, it could be worse. Whereas you go up front, and you've got Wipodolski injured, you've got Giroud, and then literally no one. So you don't rate Walcott for a, a central position then? After all that fuss over his contract saying that he wanted to play in the centre and he's still playing well, on the wing? I do, but I don't think he'd, he'd get played there. I'm a big fan of Theo. I don't think, again, certain things you can't ignore. And you can't ignore the goals and assists the kids provided for the last several years. Yeah. Um, 
and I think people that do are crazy. And it kind of dates me back to the Ramsey thing. You've got Walcott, who has contributed a massive amount in goals to the system in the last few years. He has a couple of bad games to start of the season, and suddenly people are on his back. Yeah. And it's like, that makes no sense to me. It's just the same. It makes no sense for someone to be rubbish for two years, having a couple of good games, and you think he's a dad. You know, I don't, I don't get that thought process, right? Um, but Walcott for his centre, I think he could play it. But I just think that um, Walcott on his own up front, probably not. No. Walcott's part of a team, yeah. On his own up front, you know, unlikely. But then again, when you've got someone like Kazola and you've got someone like uh, like Jack and you've got Urzel now and that, then obviously it opens you up to that potential, and I'm not advocating it, but that potential of, of playing the old Spanish way of not having an out-and-out striker. Mm. Yeah, it's very, not, very un-English. I'm not, I'm not advocating it, but it, that's a, that's a way you could play it. Yeah. Um. But uh, so yeah, defensively, I mean, listen, I'd always have, you know, if, if a great centre back was on the market and he was purchasable, yeah, of course, more the merrier, you know, yeah. absolute. But am I shitting myself over the defence at the moment? No. Okay, Chris, what do you feel about it? Well, I still, you know, you look at st- statistics and it'll, it'll tell you a completely different story to what's happening on the pitch. Like I say, F- Flamini's coming into full fitness, you know, he just needs more games and, and we'll get more protection. But I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe against Sunderland, you know. Um, and you do watch Arsenal and you do think, right, okay, we're one nil up. And there's always that thing where you just think, we're just we're going to concede. Um, and, and like I say, you know, I'm not knocking Mertesacker and I don't think anyone could, but I, I think there's always a mistake in Mertesacker. There's always a mistake, if not probably maybe a couple in in, um, in uh, Koscielny, who's either, like I said before, he's he's either brilliant or he's awful. And Am this I- is all it... Last season, I can think of maybe one or two mistakes, out-and-out mistakes, in the whole season that Mertesacker made. I, I cannot see how you can say there's always a mistake in him. In Koscielny, yeah. Even his mother would have to admit there's a mistake in Koscielny. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, you know what, he, he, he's, you know, this, when I say mistake, like, I think it was the Newcastle game at the end of the season, you just, like, I don't know if you remember, like, every time Sagan got the ball, you were just like, fuck, man, you know, I just can't, not, I, I hate to compare the two, but he just, I, every time he got the ball, I, I was just like, you know, what's he going to do? He's like, I just didn't feel comfortable, didn't feel calm um, around him. I know in the last few games and stuff like that, he's, he's gotten better and better, but um, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable. That's my personal opinion. I just don't feel comfortable with with him. I don't think he consistently... He's someone that, that will come in and, and just never make mistakes. I think that's what we're lacking. We want uh, a, a defender, and all the top teams have them, uh, in, in like uh, Vincent Company, um, you know, not so much Vidic, but how he used to be before he got injured. Um, you know, John Terry and stuff like that. Someone that just doesn't make mistakes. They just don't make mistakes. They just All they do, they keep it simple. Well, I don't know if you think you never say John Terry never made a mistake. I mean, him falling over when Walcott went past him. And, and, and Tony, <laughs> Adams, Tony Adams, bless him. Let's be honest. If we're being really honest, Tony Adams made some dreadful howlers. 
in his early career, I totally agree with you on that. But on his later career, Dorino, didn't they? So yeah. But I'm just, I'm just saying, currently at the moment, I'm just saying defensively, um, I just don't think. Here's a classic example. Like Stop Chelsea Dorino. went down. Chelsea went down at ten men against Bayern Munich, and defensively, the whole team were brilliant. And the back, the the back four were brilliant as a unit. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so I'm keep saying the B word. Um, but we're, we're, we don't we don't seem to defend as a unit. We just you know you've got Jenko and gone. I just can't. I I, I just I want to be there with you, Chris. I can't. I just can't agree with that. I mean, the one word that is always said when I'm talking to the to guys about Mertesacker is the calmness he has on the ball and brings to everyone. And I just don't see how you get worried when he's he's there's complete opposite. And last season, everyone I spoke to, who I've known been going a long time, and I totally respect their opinion, even if we disagree, which we do, because you always do when you're talking football with people, we all felt he was the one consistent player last season was Mertesacker. Not for a few games, because he was rubbish all season, but had a good last sort of seven, eight games, I'll give you that. But he was easy. I must say, I couldn't think of a more consistent player last season. Only one who might have been was Kazola. Arteta. Um, well, Arteta. I mean, I find the no. He was last season. No, I didn't even think Arteta was at his best last season at all. <laughs> this is why it's a, it's, also, it's a game of opinions, isn't it? Really, because you know, I, I wasn't fully convinced with. Sacker last season, but Arteta for me every single game. You know his stats. The end of the oh, game, no. we're talking about stats. You look at he was he's top of the table on on on, on everything on on passes completed on you know possession of not giving the ball away. He was there, you know, thereabouts. You know he, he's top. I'd have 100% pass completion from passing it six yards. But, but, that's, but that's what that's, that's what you need job. in that position. You don't, you don't want through balls. You know, but it's his job. You know, Mertesacker, I believe his past completions is at 98% or something. Well, okay, let's let's throw this into the mix then. You brought up Arteta. We brought up... um, I don't know who's in the background there. Um, We brought up Arteta. We brought up um, Mertesacker. We brought up Vermeulen. So who should be captain of Arsenal? Mertesacker. Vermeulen is an awful captain. And it seemed to totally blow his fucking mind. <laughs> that I that I totally agree on. I mean, it just, he just seemed to become a basket case for some reason. Um, for me, Arteta don't get in the team. For me, Arteta don't get in the team now. Really? No. Well, who do you drop to put my Arteta in the team? That's a, that's a good point. That's a very good Seriously. point. I was thinking about that as well. How's he going to get back in the scene? You've got to drop Ramsey or you've got to drop Flamini, the only, who's had a, two great games and is the only true defensive midfielder that we have lacked, that we that we have now. And especially now you've got Ozil, you have to have a specialist DM in there. And you, and Arteta is not, is, not, is not a DM. So are you saying, Warwick, then his, his Arsenal career is pretty much finished? Arteta yeah. just can't see how he fits in the team. And, and let's be honest, I don't want to be harsh because I, I I like Arteta a lot. And don't get me wrong, I see totally what he does for the team. And I am a fan of Arteta's, but I'm just being brutal and saying, where does he fit in the team? Because when, if you want to play Kazula and you want to play Jack and you want to play um, um, Ozil, obviously, 
Um, you need a specialist DM in there. Okay, let me throw um, something into the mix then. Just to be devil's advocate, and I'm, I'm not doing this on purpose, but Jack Wiltshire, is he really doing what he should be doing at the moment? Do you think he's uh, really going to be the player that everybody says he's going to be, or is he just going to be on the outskirts, always promising, never delivers? He's just got to stay fit. His problem is that he's a young man who's missed a lot of football through injuries, you know? Um, and and those, you know, the, it's not so bad if you have one bad injury, boom, you get over it. But he has those lots of niggly injuries which keep coming back. And I'll tell you what, because um, when I was at the Spurs, uh, the Spurs game, when I was at the Spurs game, uh, there was loads, loads of um, guys around me. We we're, were all saying the same thing. I mean, I know he, he he had a bit of a poo problem. That's why he had to come off against Spurs, uh, which is understandable because you don't want to have a brown shorts in front of the um, the, the white shots. But um, it seems to be a constant with Jack that there's always something in the background which will make him unavailable again. And to be quite honest, if it came a choice between Wilshire or Arteta, I'd go with Arteta every time. look at is um, Gascoigne and what he did with his career and uh, we just t- take a lesson from that and hopefully Jack will too. Okay, I think we've done we've done enough on, well I think we've completely strayed off of uh, what we were talking about. We're well, moving on now then to um, Champions League tomorrow. Do you think um, A1, most people wrote us off because they said the group that we've got was uh, let's put it this way a, a, a second group of death do you agree with that? And do you think we um, do you think we have a chance within the Champions League this season? I think I think we do. I think we do. I, I, when I first saw, it, I was a bit, uh, you know, we've got uh, uh, last year's finalist in um, in Dor- um, Dortmund, um, Marseille, who I think are currently fourth or fifth in the league. No, they've dropped. Uh, oh, did they drop? Yeah. Um, and then obviously we've got uh, who's the other one? Team is, I think if we can go out there and play as a unit, as we've seen in the last few weeks, 
and stay tight and, and make sure that we get home wins, then I think we'll, I think we might not top the group, but I think we'll, I think we'll go through. I'm, I'm confident we'll go through. Okay. Uh, just before we, uh, I'll go to Warwick in a second, but I'm just going to ask you this: quarterfinals or further or not? Um, I don't think. I think we'll probably get to the group. The sorry, yeah, no, I don't think. I don't think we will. Um, I don't think we've got the squad yet. I think we're a couple of um, injuries short of being in trouble because um, you've got to think. You know, the FA Cup, the League Cup, the league. You know, we'll be battling for that, um, and obviously, you know, the Champions League and stuff like that. If we get a couple of injuries in vital places, I just, I just can't see us getting too far this season. I think this is going to be a, um, it's going to be a tough one in the Champions League for us. Okay, Warwick, where do you feel about the upcoming game then? Do you think uh, we've got a chance against Mar- um, Marseille? Um, uh, yeah, because I mean, I think the quality in, in of the French league isn't. Is, is still pretty poor, even though you've got obviously a couple of teams there that um, have been able to bring some outstanding players to that league. You know, a PSG over the last couple of seasons, obviously Monaco this last off season. Um, uh, the other teams are Dortmund and Napoli, and Dortmund. We 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 all know about Dortmund. Um, you know, very talented young side. You know, very. You know, German, um, <laughs> very <laughs> Dortmund, very German, <laughs> very, German. <laughs> but very German. I mean, <laughs> very German. I don't mean that they're, 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 they're <laughs> I don't mean that they're turning up. You know, I don't want to be too controversial. Um, no, very, they're a very German side. But that I mean, very fit, very athletic, um, very fast paced game, technical based. So yeah. obviously, we know all about Dortmund. You know, very tough. Napoli are top top of the league, I believe, in Serie A. Um, and obviously, there's a little sub story there going on with the fact that Egwene's there now, and obviously, clearly, Egwene could have been an Arsenal striker. Should have been, and but there we go. Should have been. Every pulled had finger pulled the bullet on that one. Yeah. Um, which he possibly regrets now, but there you go. Um, so it is a very difficult quote. What I would say is though, over the last if we're being really honest, over the last, well, most of the season we've been in the Champions League, we've got really piss-easy um, group yeah. games. I mean, they've been pretty... I mean, the only, the only... I mean, actually, English clubs in general, with the exception of Man City, tend to get very easy groups. You know, Man United and Chelsea have got very easy groups again, particularly Chelsea. It's a who's who of who the fuck are you from Europe, isn't it, practically? Yeah. Their group. And... Um, but this year... It's, we've got for the first time, I can remember a very long time, got a very hard group. Um, so that can only be a good thing for me because usually we get very easy groups and we seem to then get into the business stage and have this sort of, what the fuck's going on here, look on our faces <laughs> because the quality goes up so high. So if we can get out of this group, it will certainly serve us well. But do I think we can win it? It's, an, it's a funny question because do I think we should be? winning the Champions League at the moment, no. But, as Liverpool showed when they won it, and when Chelsea won it, you don't have to be anywhere near the best team in Europe to win it, because essentially, it has become a cup competition. Oh, it has, yeah. yeah. It's a glorified cup competition. So, you don't have to be the best team in Europe to win it. So, can you win it? Yeah, of course you can. Because, just like you can win any cup competition with a bit of luck, 
Arsenal get that luck? No. We seem to be fairly sort of luckless when it comes to Champions League. Yeah. Uh, but so the, as with any cup competition, if someone says, can we win it? The answer is, yeah, you can. Um, because it's essentially a cup competition. Um, but do I think we will? No. My own theory is that it's great that we've got the money available now, but I think it's going to take you three windows to um, build the team you now can. So uh, I think it's too early for us now. Well, uh, absolutely succinct and well done. But all I have to say is Greece. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> we have um, we have a we have a game coming up this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, against um, well, basically what I would say is we used to be one of our big nemesis because we used to have the um, cunt in the um, baseball cap uh, running them. <laughs> Now we have a, a cunt from Manchester running them. Um, what are your thoughts for for um, for Stoke um, this this coming weekend, Chris? Um, well, it's a different Stoke, isn't it? I, I watched their last game, um, Mark Hughes. But then again, I, I think Mark Hughes, no matter what team he uh, he manages, he always knows how to play against us, and it, it's always normally a kicking game, isn't it? He used to do it with Blackburn. We used to have real problems with Blackburn. Not when I say problems, I used they used to get some of our you know our sort of smaller players, skillful players, and they just used to basically put big massive lumps up against some players down the space, and we found it very difficult to find space to play how we how we you know we normally play so um it should be interesting because they've got once again they've got a big team so i wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh hoof specialist um stoke return but i think they're trying to play football now i think that's what's changed in in it so um i would probably say that yeah we we should we should win that one but you never know warwick Oh, well, I mean, I'd be incredibly disappointed if we didn't beat Stoke. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, uh, listen, I'll tell you what, when a team that's built on being, essentially built on being a bunch of bastards, tries to start playing football, it never works out. Never works out. Um, and it won't work out for Stoke. Um, you know, you can, I mean... I. I mean, God, I think I might actually hate Mark Hughes more than Pulis. Really? Bloody hell. That's a bold uh, statement. <laughs> uh, when he was playing for Chelsea, he used to fucking wind me up. <laughs> so I, I hate him as a player and a manager. Pulis, you know, I reckon he remembers him as a player. So <laughs> so it's just as a manager. I, I, you know, it, this, he's a disaster, Mark Hughes. <laughs> it's, it's not going to work out. It's going to end horribly. He's going to get sacked, Mark Hughes. And uh, I'd be very disappointed if we don't win. Mark Hughes will tell him just to kick lumps out of us. Yeah. Don't care how much he's trying to say he wants to play football. He will just tell. But if, is, isn't that the Stoke way? Is it what? Isn't that the Stoke way? Of course it is. <laughs> it always will be because you you you, you know. It's, listen, what's I mean? Unless you're going back into the dark ages, what success was Stoke having before Tony Pulis turned them into a rugby team? None. And then oh, Bob, then, well, Bob Stoke, I suppose, which is I said, unless you're going back to the dark ages. <laughs> oh, cheers oh, for making me feel old, Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically said that, you know. 
<laughs> yes. I specifically said unless we go back in time. Yeah. Uh, she, she made Stoke a um, a consistent top flight team again, Pulis, by turning them into a rugby team. Um, so I was very surprised that they actually got rid of him. Um, ideas about their station a little bit, I think. But um, I'd be so disappointed if we didn't beat Stoke. Weekend. Well, I'm actually um, I've actually gone for a bit of a mad bet this weekend because I'm actually uh, probably because I'm at the game as well, and uh, I'm actually um, funny enough I'm actually taking um, the model Flanagan who was uh, on our podcast previously. I'm taking her brother this weekend, and um, Flanagan. No, Maureen Flanagan. <laughs> I wish it was Haddon Flanagan, but... I, um, I was going to say, Steve's taking Haddon Flanagan fair play to you, mate. I'll tell, tell you what, mate. If you, uh, you see um, Maureen Flanagan, I know she's 72, but my God, she still looks good for her age, I tell you. Is she? Yeah, oh, Christ, yeah. And boy, does she know her bloody Arsenal. She really does. Fair play to her. Um, but I'm, go- I'm going... I'm actually going for something ridiculous. I'm going for a 4-0 this weekend. Well, I tell you, I think it's it's. I mean, it's you know, I think it should be possible. Yeah, I think you know? it, I think it. I th- I, honestly, I've just got this feeling we will actually embarrass Mark users this weekend. I but know. wouldn't that be brilliant? Oh, I would laugh. Slap his ass and send him on his fucking way. I tell you what, <laughs> the, the saddest thing is where we sit by the nine. Well, because we're right by the nineteen thirty-eight bit um, yeah. on, on the West End. We never get on the TV. And just for once, Ray and I would just love to be seen on Match of the Day just going, fucking yes. But no, we never, we never <laughs> the camera can't turn around that far to, to see us, unfortunately. Um, right, moving on to the last bit then, chaps. Okay, so we spent a lot of money this, this season uh, in, the, in the transfer window on one player. We've got uh, a goalkeeper who hopefully um, will give um, Suchez uh, a bit of a run for the money. We've got him on loan. Uh, we've got a French guy who's prone to injury um, and is injured again. There we go. How do you feel between the two of you? How do you feel about what our transfers did this, this season? Do you think we were up there and because of uh, Ozil, everybody's gone mad and said we're now title um, contenders? Or do you think, like me, that we still have a bit of a way to go? I don't think I, I don't think one world class superstar will turn us from what we were into um, title contenders. That I don't I just don't think there's any player in the world. Not, not even Messi could turn us into um, um, title contenders this year. I, I think top three is looking is looking okay. You know, because Manchester City don't look quite as formidable as they did. You know, when they, they were buying all these players in pre-season, they look really good as well. Um, Chelsea have shown that, they're, you know, they're not invincible either. Um, unfortunately, um, I think this is probably one of the most competitive Premier League um, this season with the emergence of both um, Everton and uh, uh, Liverpool. They're looking pretty good. They've, they've kind of tightened up a bit. So, they, I mean, if they if they throw a bit of consistency um, into their game, I mean, they could be challenging us up there. And, and obviously, you can't ever rule out Tottenham. I know it's a bit funny at the moment because they've got quite a few um, new players and stuff like that. But Sorry, what, what club was that? Tottenham. 
Sorry, well, how do you pronounce it? The Verdun. Oh, what did I? The Verdun, where are they? They're, uh, I don't know, they're a small club up the road. Um, but I just, I'm, just, I'm just saying that I just think it's like, like what I said earlier, I think it's going to take um, a, a strong two or three transfer windows. We need to get a striker in January. I mean, I'm not talking about someone that's just going to be, that's going to come in and just sort of sit on the bench. I think we need competition for places up front. Say if Giroud, you know, what happens if, you know, he stays clear of um, injury, but he goes off form a little bit. As we saw towards the end of last season, you know, uh, he, he, went, he dipped in form. Um, we want another guy that's going to, you know, push him for a place or, you know, take over. Um, so I, I, think, I think top three would be brilliant. Um, top four is vital. Um, but I don't, I don't think we'll be pushing for the league, that's for sure. Okay. Warwick, how do you feel? Yeah. Not actually the same. I mean, to be honest with you. Yeah, of course. One player, you know, obviously this, the, the cash got freed up. We went into the, into the window. Um, I'm not sure, you know, exactly what happened. If he was being, obviously we, the, the squad is still short, short players and we weren't able to get all the business we would like to have got done, done, yeah? Yeah. And I think that's that's fair to say. Um, for me, we've got we've got another goalkeeper in. I would like to have had what I would call a proper number one in. Uh, for me, Cesar would have been there. He was clearly there. Um, Stecklenburg went to Fulham would have been a definite number one. He's a world class keeper for me. Well, why, um, I must admit, after what um, uh, it's been coming out in the press recently, uh, particularly for um, Cesar, why 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 didn't we get him? I think it's a no bit idea. of a joke. No idea, but it's not the first time I've thought why didn't. Why, why didn't we if he was available for that amount of money world class keeper I don't really understand it for whatever reason they went for this other guy I've got to be honest with you I don't know enough about Viviano to know if he's a it, it, you know how good he is but um, and, and then obviously everyone knows me I've always a big Flamini fan so when people were saying we need specialist DM if he stays fit for me then for me I, I, I don't have a problem with that um I'm not sure what happened in the transfer window, but what I do know is that yeah, one world class player does not automatically because you got to remember we've been twenty odd points off the league, so that is going to make you a title contender. But all I know is this: if someone says to you, bearing in mind that you don't, you know, you, you know, you don't just buy a player for one season. If someone had said to me, listen. If you've got a couple of players, we can't get all the players we need, but we can get one of the best players in the world who's 24 and is world class and is Mesut Ozil. I would have said, fuck it, just concentrate and get him. I really would have done. And I'm just holding my hands up. You cannot, it, obviously, that, that deal took a lot of ability, a lot of time, and it was very complicated, and it was a real globe trotting deal. Uh, to have to pull it off. Um, and how often do you get the opportunity to sign someone like that? Well, very, very, I, I, you had to do it. Well, I must admit, Warwick, it, it, it made me laugh that everybody was saying that um, Sol and Stan had an awful lot to do with it when we actually found out had fuck all to do with Sol and Stan and actually um, down to um, a German international, ex-German international, who organised the deal at while at, they were away at Germany. Weird. Well, I think, obviously, the money still has to be put out there. So, fair enough. 
Um, well, was, we, we've got it kicking there out somewhere in our, uh, one of our Arsenal piggy banks, which I got yeah. I got sent when I was uh, uh, first started my um, separate membership uh, on my um, season ticket. There you go. <laughs> um, so, from my point of view, is you know for me the money's still there. So in January we go back in. To, to get the reinforcements we need and then next summer we go and do it again because now obviously we have the cash flow to do it um, would I have given up the opportunity to sign Mesut Ozil for the sake of getting in another couple of two or three players no no it's so rare that you get the opportunity a player like that comes on the market and yet you're there at the time to do it that you just have to take it so I give them a pass on the fact that did we get all the players we needed in this summer Absolutely not. No way did we. But I give them a pass because I appreciate that it's a kind of a once in a lifetime deal to get someone like an Ozil into Arsenal Football Club. So, you know, and then you can build on that because players go, well, if Ozil's there, then I can go there. Yeah. I'm a class football player. It's massively important. It was transformational signing Ozil. It was about more just signing the player, it was about the intent it showed for the future. Okay. So, what I will now say then is. Um, I, uh, I'm agreeing with um, he was signed it was actually brilliant I'm going back to 1995 with Burkamp same thing needed a different manager to move the club on do you agree? yeah no listen I think Wenger's time the club has gone you know and I, I agree with you you know like, I mean people still think Wenger signed Burkamp you're right he didn't but do I think he's the right manager now no because Listen, tactically, he was never the best tactically Wenger, and anyone that says that he was didn't wasn't paying attention in matches. Exactly. He was never the best tactically, but what Wenger is was very very good at is convincing. I said this last time I spoke to Chris, convincing players is is convincing players they're as good as they can be. Yeah. You know, he's very very good at that, and he made players by doing that. You know, and he had a set system which he won't deviate from, but which he plays very, very well. He's, he ran into problems when he didn't have good enough players suddenly to play for him. So Wenger's always been a player that is reliant on having top quality players. He's not someone that can, you know, as showed, because, you know, you can look at the players he had when he was winning things. That was an, uh, They were unbelievable set of players. Um, so he needs more than, than, than just Ozil anyway. But... Does Wenger, should Wenger still go? Absolutely. Do I give him massive credit for, for the role he played in getting Ozil here? Yeah, I give him massive credit. Massive credit. I'd be an idiot if I didn't. Ozil himself said, and we have to believe him, that Wenger's conversation that he had with him was, was a significant part in him believing that this was a good move for him. I've got to believe what, what Ozil says, so I give Wenger massive credit. You know, I'd be a mug if I didn't. You know, yeah. I'm not going to just look for negatives when there are negatives. Oh, no. Fair play to him. But do I think that he's the man to take Arsenal ultimately forward in this new era that we now have? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I just I just don't. I just don't feel it's there. I'd love him to prove me wrong. Listen, as long as we're winning titles again, I don't give a fuck who's fucking managing. <laughs> I just think... Totally, totally agree with that. <laughs> you know, I don't care. Listen, I'm sure we're all the same. Like, I like being opinionated, but if me being proved wrong means that Arsenal win another fucking title, I couldn't give a shit, mate. I couldn't give a shit if I looked like the biggest mug on the planet. If Wenger wins the title this season, 
then I'll put my hands up and say I was fucking wrong. Okay, Chris, you can come in on that then. How do you feel about it, mate? Oh, I don't, I don't know anymore. I've, I've, I've flipped, um, you know, mid-transfer um, window um, when he was dithering and pissing around. And uh, I just, you know, like I say, I thought he came, he's come to the end of his cycle. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does well this season, gets us top four and gets another um, contract. So regardless of what I think, I think he'll get another contract and... Um, and I think I could see us finishing in the top four. So I, I think he will take us forward. Whether whether I think he deserves it or not is is, is, is irrelevant, I suppose. But I, I just think he will. I think he'll he'll get a two two year extension. Um, but I think what we need to do, I think we need to, and I said this loads of times, we need to keep pressure on him because unless we make noise and put pressure on the board, then you know he's he's going to sort of start. He's going to you know, in January, start looking for those bargains up front. You know, we need to start making some noise and start really pushing um, them into buying big players. Because I think, honestly, and I've, I've said this before, I, I don't think that Arsene Wenger, if it was down to Arsene Wenger, um, we, he wouldn't uh, have signed Ozil. He wouldn't have spent 42.4 million or whatever it was. Um, I think someone had a word with him and said, look, stop, stop pissing around you know, we need to sign someone, we need to sign someone big. So forget about the Lloyd Remy's, forget about, um, you know, who else? I think it was Kalu that we were linked to and Far on loan. And, you know, I think I think literally someone said to him, right, here's some money, let's go and get someone big. And then obviously that, that you know, that'll move on. And, and you, can, you can compare it, like you say, you can compare it to 1995. Um, do you remember when um, the, the last few signings that... Um, um, George Graham signed. I think it was Glenn Helder, yeah. John Hartson, yeah. and oh, who's the third one? I miss. Oh, Chris Kiwamia. Well, Hartson was the only one I actually gave any faith into, to be quite honest on that. Hartson was a good player for Arsenal for me overall. Yeah. Um, I thought he, yeah, I thought he did well for us. You know, I mean, he scored the equaliser didn't he? in Cup Winners Cup final. Yeah. Good in the end, and also he scored quite crew. People forget that last year, George. I know yeah, I'm a big George Graham fan, but it's like I've always said managers are just like players, they have a shelf life, and when they're not doing it anymore, you know, you move on. And that's the same thing with Wenger. People don't seem to realize that managers are just like players, they have a shelf life. And George Graham, brilliant, did, did I mean, the state Arsenal in before George Graham came along. You know, unbelievable that he took on a Liverpool side that was the best side in the world, probably, and he um, and, and he beat him. But the towards the end of his reign, Graham just totally lost it. I mean, Hartson came off for me because people forget. I mean, Steve, that last season, how bad were Arsenal? Crap. <laughs> we were, I swear to God. I used to have the conversation, I would say, I'm not being, people were saying, who do you think will get relegated? And I actually said, I'm not being funny, I'm not saying we're going to get relegated, but we were easily one of the three worst teams. Oh, Christ, yeah, we were. And the worst thing was... was, um... And George um, Hartson was actually the catalyst that took us out of that for me. Yeah, absolutely. He gave us a little something, didn't he? Yeah. He scored goals, but he just gave us that bit of fight by... That, that saw us out of it. We was on our fucking knees. I mean, unbelievable. Um, honestly, honestly, it was uh, for me. I mean, I started supporting in 1970 when my dad and granddad took me. 
but that was I think ninety five was probably the, one of the worst years. I mean, oh, I've been through a lot of a lot of nothing, but it was an awful bloody year for me that year. I mean, honestly, some of the players that they signed in, I'm just thinking, what the hell are you fucking doing? But hey, I mean, uh, I was absolutely gutted when they sold um, uh, Rocky to Leeds, and it should never have happened. And I think it killed him as a player, to be quite honest. But, well, um, there was, there was, he, he, um, I mean, Roe Castle had arthritis in those knees at a very early age, didn't he? And I think that that, that partly was one of the reasons. But um, look at uh, what those um, noisy neighbours up the road did for, for Ledley King, kept him going, kept him going. Why, yeah. why could we have done that? For somebody who basically yeah. is one of our biggest bloody legends. We could have helped him out a little bit, but, um, you know, George Graham, it was like, uh, my way or the highway. Ah, uh, yeah, George was ruthless, and and, and, and uh, I would I would say that, that that's actually quite an important thing to have as a manager. Um, not always in the right circumstances, but um, as an overall, I think having ruthlessness is not a bad thing. Um, Unless of course, unless of course you're um, coming back to Chelsea. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I hope we actually stitch those fuckers up left, right, and centre this year as well. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to work out, you know. That I don't know. It's, it is a funny season this year because you've got obviously well, Fer, Ferguson leaving Man, Man United. Is the well, same and season. and David Brent uh, at top of the league at the moment. How fucking weird is that? <laughs> <laughs> won't last will it well I, honestly what I was really upset about was when they did that um, stupid Liverpool series and he said he had the envelopes with the names of the people who would let Liverpool down and it ne- we never got to see whose names were in the envelopes no. was it Suarez of course it was <laughs> or was it John Shelby <laughs> <laughs> he made up for it last night though, didn't he oh, yeah. I, I, well, made up for it, lacked it, and made up for it again, I think. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. But hey, there you go. Have another goal, Liverpool. I used to play it for you. I'll help you out. 2-2, two, two, sorted. Back, back at top of the league. Bastards. Oh, uh, Brendan Rodgers don't know what he's doing, does he? He's completely clueless, that guy. Well, uh, all, all I'm hoping one day is that when they actually do an interview on Sky with... Um, uh, Brendan Rogers. He actually sits in with the guitar and says, "I'm going to play you something which I played to my li- my Liverpool players." I will wet myself fucking laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate to. He's just like the, the way he just. Oh, just Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool. I just hate Liverpool. I hate the romantic nostalgia around Liverpool. It just does my Sweden. It really does. Well, we did him in '89, and I was there, so. Ah, uh, you know. It won't last. It's a funny. It is a funny old season. This one, though, because you're just not quite sure, are you? And is Mourinho going back to Chelsea going to work out? I don't know. No, I've, I've not. You know. What, what What's the phrase that most um, girlfriends actually say? Never go back to your old boyfriend. Mm. So perhaps. Um, it works out. That's for sure. Uh, well, unfortunately, every time we go back to an old girlfriend, we're not being paid several fucking millions to actually do it. Very true, very true. <laughs> I was once though, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right, gentlemen, um, final thing then. Um, if you have one choice for January, uh, the January transfer window, uh, 
Um, we still apparently have some money to spend. Whether we spend it or not, it's neither here. Well, we don't know yet. We've got loads of money. We've got loads of money. Yeah, we're still we're, we're still sitting on an absolute packet. Yeah. Um, who would you buy in January now to assist Arsenal? Chris, you first. Oh, it's got to be a striker, isn't it? Um, it's definitely not a midfielder, that's for sure, because like, we were talking about Arteta and how, how's he going to get back into the team. Um, it's got to be a striker. It's got to be, got to be a striker. So, and there's three, there's three possibles for me. Um, watching the game, actually, as, as, as we speak, um, Wayne Rooney's looking very bright at the moment. No, uh, no, sorry. A, uh, yeah, no, no, no. no, no Bald scouts get, wouldn't, ha- wouldn't have met the club, sorry. Um, <laughs> Then there's obviously Suarez. Um, you know, is he going to fit back into the team? You know, is he dispensable? I don't know. It, it really depends. Quite you racist. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> or uh, I'd quite like to see Karim Benzema. I know he's probably not a, a, a great choice, and I know they're, they're sort of booing him a little bit at, uh, at Real Madrid. But I got a feeling that if he came to Arsenal, he's exactly the sort of player that we need. Now, finally, I agree with you on one player. Warwick, how do you feel about it? Um, oh, oh, oh my God, you have to think. <laughs> yeah, I think it, well, I'm not having to think about what we need because clearly we, we would need um, a striker. Um, so I'm, it's not that, it's just that I'm just, I'm sitting here staring at the ceiling trying to think of, this is the key, a striker who's available that um, is, you know, that is top quality. <clears throat> and of course the truth is there isn't, a lot that are available. Um, yeah, Swar- Suarez would be a good signing, clearly, but 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 he is he is a, like an objectionable human being, isn't he? Oh, totally. um, which doesn't necessarily bother me. But um, uh, Suarez is he available? Well, I think he's got to be available, hasn't he? I mean, uh, he doesn't give a shit about Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, but would he? Sure. But he wouldn't give uh, a shit, shit about us either. And to be honest. Do I want a, a dirty, biting, cheating racist in the club? No, I think I'd go for somebody else, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I must admit, I was one of those people that, I mean, would I have had them at the club? Yeah, I would, because when push comes to shove, it's what's, you know, it's about, would you make you a better team? But, so anyway, but anyway, I think that's a little bit too much for a hot potato. So I don't think that's happening in January, that's for sure. All right. Um, so, so I, I find myself, I am also someone who, like, I mean, Wayne Rooney, I just can't see him at Arsenal Football Club. So I'm having trouble seeing him at Arsenal Football Club. So I'm kind of discounting that. But um, Benzema kind of ends up being the only one you can think of. Benzema, how good is he? Mm, I don't know. I really don't know. Benzema's a bit one of those guys, isn't he? That you can see him and think he looks good, then you can see him and think he looks just awful. Um, but in terms of someone who's potentially available, first of all, is he available? Benzema, I don't know, because they sold Higuain, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, who, they got up front Madrid. I mean, I know you can argue that, that all the goals come through Ronaldo anyway, so, and then they've got Bale as well, obviously, now. But um, you've still got to play for a striker, don't you? Um, well, I think the thing is, at the end of the day, Warwick, I, I mean, every, every, everybody's available because the contract means nothing in the Premier League. True, that's true, that's true. But in January, it's a bit hard to force that issue, isn't it? Well, um, yeah, maybe. Okay. Unless you are paying a, unless you are play, paying a release cause. Okay. Well, um, let me be devil's advocate again then and say Benteke. No well, chance. No you know, chance. I was talking with an Aston Villa 
Yeah, Benteke with Ozil. Think about it, boys. You know, to tell you what, this is what my answer would be, and I'm not copying it out. Let's see how Benteke goes up until January. Because if he's saying that he's not a flash in the pan, and I know at the moment he's doing well, but if he, by comes January, if he's had a really good half a season, then, um, yeah, that's definitely something you'd, you'd sort of properly look at. But what... There is something that puts you off Benteke a bit, though, isn't there? I don't know what it is. You just think an awful lot of money for someone like Benteke. You sort of think, oh God, you know, is he an awesome player, Benteke? No, actually, to be quite honest, not. I'm just being devil's advocate. I wouldn't have ever even anywhere near the club. But there you go. No, but I mean, you kind of think if he does well, I don't know. But I mean, seriously, if if you if you assume, let's assume, let's let's be sort of positive and say that with the Ozil signing, we're showing that we're going for world-class now, then who are the world-class strike, strikers that are available? And I know Lewandowski? What? Who? Lewandowski? Lewandowski's already signed for Bayern. And turned us down. He's, he's a Bayern player, in all, but he's a Bayern player already. He's already signed a contract with him. Yeah. Oh, and, is he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he signed a contract, and he turned us down as well when we uh, yeah. put in a, an injury. You know, what's that say for German football? Like, you know, the, the two Champions League finalists, you know, they sell them Gotzer and they sell them uh, um, Lewandowski, which they're two best players. And, and now he's just joined. I don't even know if he'll get, a, you know, a, a start in Perth over there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think they need Lewandowski um, by Munich. Um, I know that they, they got, I know that Gomez went in that. Um, I say they don't need Lewandowski. You know, I mean the the guy's a terrific player, so you know, obviously you'd have him. But um, plus, it's a free transfer, isn't it? Lewandowski. Well, it will be at the end of this year. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, um, Gertz, I believe they played the release clause, didn't they? Yeah. So they were able to kind of, you know, do that deal. Um, so they're just not they're not out there, are they? Really? I tell you what, what would be fantastic for Arsenal. I don't care if he's fucking. I don't care if he's twenty-seven or thirty-seven. Um, but what it says in his birth certificate. But <laughs> if rumours about Falcao are true, <laughs> if the rumours about Falcao are true and Monaco running into some difficulty and having to sell, uh, sell. Actually, what I can I can actually confirm to you that is an actually because they've got a major tax problem. That's why he's got to go. If it's true, then. Oh come on! If he's available, I mean, can you imagine if Falcao at Arsenal? Can you can you actually see the board actually Ozil? going? Yeah, we'll we'll Ozil. sign him, and he's going to be on, he's going to be on triple what uh, Ozil um, is currently on because that's what we have to pay to get him in. Can you actually see that happening, boys? Yeah. I just think who else is there that's a world class striker? Well, apparently they're work, they're working on a um um. Remember the, uh, the the clone of the sheep? What was her name? Dolly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently they're they're working on a new Thierry Henry. And apparently it's going to be called Terry Henry. Um, <laughs> I can almost believe anything of Venga. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, this world. That, I, I tell you though, what would what would be quite interesting? That's where well, that's where all our season ticket money is going at the moment. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you, I'm sorry, but I tell you who who isn't. I, I mean, Christ, I know it sounds really harsh, and I'm actually usually not like this when it comes to young players at all. But 
um, I don't care how young he is, but Sonogo just looks like he, he's not a professional footballer. Well, it, I know he's really young and all that, but I mean, how old is he? Nineteen. Uh, he's um, nineteen, coming on twenty, but he's the most he's the most one of the most injured players in France so far. France so, so what? Far. So what? Why the hell do we buy him? He should be better at uh, almost twenty. Uh, at almost twenty, he should be better than he's looked. Well, apparently by the uh, by the age of thirty, he'll actually be able to walk on both legs. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> he just don't look a player, does he? I mean, he certainly doesn't look a player for any time soon. What? He, uh, unfortunately, he still looks about twelve when he actually is out on the training ground. I mean, Chris, I, I know you probably would have uh, seen some of the clips in as well, but let's face it, the guy does look like a complete immature child. Uh, <laughs> I saw, I saw him uh, come on. Uh, who did he? Um, I think he played uh, part of the second leg against. Uh, uh, Fenerbahce, didn't he? Yeah. And um, for the goal, for the last goal uh, that went in, it almost looked like he was having a race with uh, um, with Santi Cazorla. Um, he just literally just ran in a, in a straight line all the way to the touchdown. I was like, what, what is he doing? And he's just he's like he's like like uh, Warwick, so He doesn't really look like he knows what he's doing. But I mean, you know, it's 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 easy to criticise him. He's coming on a free. He's, yeah, it's he's it's it's Chad. I don't care that he's coming for a fee. If he's playing for Arsenal Football Club, he better be fucking. He better know, you know, a football pitch. But he's very young. You know, I get all that. But the problem is, he clearly should be off on loan somewhere. I mean, surely we'd be better off having like um, Joel Campbell, wouldn't we? I know he hasn't torn up any trees either, but he, you know, seems to have some awareness of what a football pitch looks like and where to run. But. I mean, it's a bit of a sorry state. To be honest with you, it wouldn't be so bad if Vidalski hadn't got injured. If Vidalski hadn't picked up a bad injury, I'd be more than happy. Um, but Warwick, isn't isn't that the problem with Arsenal at the moment, where we we we've signed a forty two million pound midfielder when we need uh, a striker, and we we probably we well, actually we, we could have done with a decent um, central defender as well to back us up. So we go for I, we go for a midfielder. Um, who basically we've got a midfield already full of talent. So, so what's the point of that? Well, but it's Mesut Ozil, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know it's Mesut Ozil. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he shouldn't come to Arsenal. I'm glad he has. But I tell you something that is quite weird though with Arsenal, and it's interesting to see if, if you guys agree. For a side that create, we create a lot of chances. And we seem to create a lot of chances and, 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 and what have you, and scoring doesn't seem to always be a problem, blah, blah, blah. But at key moments, we suddenly seem to not be able to create shit. Well, it's a weird thing, also. It's like, we are very good at creating chances. Listen, I think you can't argue with that. You know, Ozil absolutely getting in, because I am a believer that he'll create, he'll create so much more that you, you would effectively, it, it will mean, and Giroud's almost practically said it himself, it will mean that a player who's really not top class, like Giroud, I don't think he's top class, but when he's got that midfield behind him, he probably doesn't need to be top class. So, as he's shown already, you know. Well, so, uh, apparently, apparently he was uh, awarded one of the best Premier ha- uh, Premier League haircuts uh, of the season so far already. <laughs> which apparently also that um, uh, Jenkins is following it and so is Ramsey, which I find quite disturbing. But... <laughs> 
I mean, that 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 could be that that could be our title this year. We won best haircut of the Premier League. That probably counts as a trophy, doesn't it? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. The, the, so the question about in January clearly we need we need um, uh, a striker, but um, you know it is a shame because really if we'd done the Aguain deal. Because it's not mutually exclusive. What they did is, you know, the, you know, Ozil coming in, we were still interested in the striker. I believe we tried to resuscitate, resuscitate the Rooney deal um, very late in the day on transfer deadline day. So we were still looking for someone. It would have been a lot easier if we had just pushed through the Egwene deal when we had the chance to do it. Because we still had the money to get Egwene and get Ozil. Um, so... You know, it's a it's, it's a real shame that that Wenger didn't pull the trigger on the Egwene deal when it was essentially all there. Because you look at it now and you think, who's really who's really of the class of player that we are now looking at? That's really available, as we've already said. And the only, I mean, we're saying the only one we can think of is like Benzema, but who even knows if he is available? Well, apparently Pele's doing um, Viagra adverts again in, in Brazil, so <laughs> perhaps he might be any, a new option for Arsenal. Here's a little, here's a little one for you. Bearing in mind he was available for two million, would you would you have got Semiletto? Yes. Because I, I was watching the Chelsea game at the weekend. I know he, on the face of it, he missed a few chances there too. Clearly he's not as quick as he was. And... Possibly isn't quite as deadly a finisher, but he's still getting in great positions, isn't he? Well, could you imagine him and Ozil together? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was looking at her too, and I thought, yeah, he's not the player he was four years ago, three, four years ago. But, um, but you know, he's he's still, you know, still look like he's got some time now. I just wonder, you know, too many news available for. Two million was worth it just for the age. I mean, let's face it, when uh, we um, brought back Thierry Henry, it cost us nearly three and a half million uh, in loan and insurance on it. And he was only here for a couple of games and he scored against Leeds United. So why not take the chance on that? Eh? Well, yeah, I mean, what we're saying here, though, what we're saying here, are we, are we, daring, are we actually daring to say that Thierry Henry is going to come back again? Um, actually, <laughs> actually, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, you know. It's well, if he did come back, then I would definitely um sit outside the Emirates. I would wait until um uh one of the uh, uh director's cars come out, and I would definitely then poo on the bonnet. But no. <laughs> although I although I tell you what, I have been disproved on one thing. Was I thought that when um, Flamini coming back, and Chris, you might agree with this, Flamini coming, out, I thought that was a complete waste of money as well. Oh, however, however, watching him at the Spurs game and watching him for his off the ball work, and also watching him after he did his first foul, got his yellow card, and he was pumping his fist, just going, "I've just taken a Spurs player out." Fair play to him. So maybe I was a bit wrong on that one. Yeah, no, for me, I've always loved Flamini, um, and as soon as I heard that he was Stonewall fit again, you know, and that he was as fit as he'd ever been, and that he was, you know, proper, and I said, listen, if Matthew Flamini, and also, by the way, a lot of people don't don't realise this, but Milan 
in last season when he played for Milan was most Milan fans considered that his best season for the club. He had a good season when he played last year. And I just thought, if he's fit, I still can't think of anyone better to play that role. Well, I must admit, I'm glad I've got him. I'm glad we've got him back, to be honest. I'm really glad. Anyway, guys, we have now been talking for, for quite a while, so I'm going to um, wrap this up. Uh, what I'm going to say is we've got uh, a game tomorrow. We've got a game on Sunday. So, do you think Warwick, firstly, uh, two wins, draw a win, or two losses? Um, so, I'll say tomorrow night, it's always quite difficult to tell, isn't it? I think in the, in the Champions League. Um, and I'm and I'm going to hold my hands up. You know, I'm no expert on Marseille at the moment. Um, but uh, I don't think we'll lose tomorrow night. Um, hopefully we'll win. I think in terms of the group, I think we need to... Be brave. Be brave, Warwick. Be brave. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, Stoke, of course we'll beat Stoke. We'll beat Stoke at the weekend. Don't worry about that. Okay. Don't you worry. Chris, worry Chris, how do you feel? Yes, they did. Oh yeah, but I tell you what, that was a very, that was, it's interesting, isn't it? That was a very, that was a pretty demoralised looking Arsenal side. I think the whole, up until with the, the Ozil signing and that, the whole kind of um, uh, summer and, and and I think the, the, how the summer had gone in the transfer market had clearly transmitted itself to the players, I felt. Do you um, not feel that was just typical Arsenal? Because he's writing for our blog, it's quite funny when you actually read the writer of it. I thought it was quite funny. The tibia traveller. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have anyone else that does that, right? And so he's he's just an aggressive guy. So just in the changing room, he's going to be that bit more aggressive and unpleasant, you know. Maybe our new maybe our new Vieira or Tony Adams. Well, just that, just the attitude he gives you. He's very good. Even if he's not, even if he's not in the team playing, he's going to give you that attitude. He's going to add that attitude around the club, and that's a good thing. 
um, because they basically the things changed uh, after the Villa game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A- anyway, just in terms of the, you know, something did kind of change, you know, and and um, for whatever reason, and we can't, you can't really guess that. My guess would be would be that. Also, don't forget that. Can you imagine what it's like being some of those players who, especially the younger players or the players that haven't been at the team so long, who have been used to watching around the Arsenal Football Club and they've seen the good players leaving, being sold, and they've seen the the basic idea being transmitted to them that fourth place is kind of like the goal, you know, and then suddenly you see Mesut Ozil come to the club. That's just got to lift you, hasn't it? To another level, oh. you know, because there's, there's saying and doing. So they're saying we can now buy top world class players. They're saying we can now, um, you know, be, you know, rich, you know, oil rich clubs to the signing of top players. But actually doing it's another thing. To actually see it done, I think that changes the whole atmosphere amongst the actual players more than anything else. Chris, can you come on on the back of that? Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't stop now. I'm afraid. That was quite an amazing speech, wasn't it? <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you tonight. And I hope and I hope that um, you're prepared to come back again. I'm sure. <laughs> but no, say it with a bit more confidence, Warwick. <laughs> I, I, just, I just won't listen to it. <laughs> okay, you can come back, but don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Chris, thanks very much for getting this sorted out this evening, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Okay, and uh, in in the meantime, uh, as we always say at the end of the um, Seaball Collective podcast, wherever you are, be safe, be calm, but above all, whatever happens, keep it Arsenal. Thanks very much for listening. Ta-da.